Hey yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. Once again, I am Martin, and I have with me the king of the casters, as usual, Mr. Brett Podcast. And Brett, today's guest is going to be a really good one, I get the feeling. We're going to have a great conversation. Well, that's right, because uh, in this case, it's awesome. Uh, we Talk Podcast is uh, truly proud to be to be one of the sponsors for the new Alice Cooper's Christmas Pudding uh, Show. And we have from the Solid Rock Teen Center's Randy Spencer. Randy, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, and it's nice to be here. Well, the first thing that I want to do is, uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about, but let's talk about about uh, Alice Cooper's Christmas pudding and how awesome it is, and then and then we'll get into uh, to the Solid Rock Teen Centers. Yeah, for people that know a little bit or not much, Christmas pudding is a fundraiser for our nonprofit Alice Cooper's Solid Rock Teen Centers, which opened. Uh, we started five our five one c three twenty seven years ago. So our Christmas pudding concert is in December every year, and it's just a hybrid of a variety of performers that gather together to raise money to help teens to get free art, music, and dance lessons throughout the year. And we love having a hybrid and a wide variety on purpose, thus the name Christmas Pudding. So one year you might have Pat Boone uh, performing with Alice Cooper and REO Speedwagon and maybe Rob Zombie. In another year, it might be Larry the Cable Guy and Lita Ford, and it might be Alex Lifeson. And then one year, it might be Robbie Krieger, and it might be Kesha, and it might be Lois Colt. So you get a whole uh, wide variety of people. This year is our 21st one, and we have Sammy Hagar, Nancy Wilson of Heart, uh, Alice Cooper, and Quiet Riot. And then every year, we also add teens to perform, uh, teen dancers, and teen musicians that are a part of our teen centers. So then, so then let's talk about, about the, uh, the solid rock teen centers and kind of the mission and just, and just what, what it's like there. We kind of describe ourselves as a rock and roll themed boys and girls club. And it's a free space that teens can come and spend their time in a safe atmosphere. And our building is in Phoenix, 28,000 square feet. And it's a whole creative landscape that kids can come in at no charge and they can take dance classes and we have an art studio. They can take art lessons. They can take music lessons. We do guitar, bass, drums, vocals. They can also uh, rehearse if they're in a band. And if they want to uh, pick up a camera, they could be involved in a photography class. They could be involved in filmmaking and they can also uh, be involved in our recording studio and record their own music and also learn recording. And it's just this space, safe space that teens can spend their time. We can also give them guidance uh, via our volunteers and our staff and mentorship toward finding out what their struggles are and how to help them overcome those obstacles. And ultimately we want people to learn music, art and dance, but we want them to become better people so they can have a bright future. What's the origins kind of of the of the center? Alice and Cheryl Cooper started it and they're still involved day to day. And they wanted to do something in a really deep capacity in the city that they lived in Phoenix. They grew up in uh, Alice was born in Detroit, but Alice has lived in Phoenix for over 60 years. So they wanted to do something to give back to the local community. The other aspect is 25 percent of teens are involved in athletic sports after school or maybe drama that gives the other 75 percent of kids with idle time and not much for them for them for them to do so we want to be able to create a safe space 
for those kids to discover their talents and be able to create a safe atmosphere for them and be able to hang out. Most of the kids that have come to our centers have never picked up a paintbrush, never picked up a guitar, never thought they would see a recording studio. So it's exciting to see somebody latch on to really uh, being excited about getting involved in art or finding out, hey, I'm really good at working in a recording studio, and then they can have that pathway for their future. So what are some of those success stories that you've had with the teens that have come through there? Well, you have about 50 hours. (laughs) (laughs) We've had so many success stories. We've had kids get college scholarships. We've had kids get jobs through our teen centers. We've had teens tell us and parents and teachers that they've overcome a lot of anxiety and depression and they've gotten better grades. They get along better with their parents. We've had several teens tell us that they've not committed suicide by coming to our teen centers. I'll give you one quick story. We have a young man, I won't use his real name, but we'll call him Stephen. And he came into our teen center about two years ago with his dad. His dad was exhausted and said, I heard about this teen center. And is there a place that maybe my son will fit in here and he needs to make friends. He gets bullied and made fun of at school and he doesn't have any friends. And the kids make fun of him because of the kind of music he likes. He likes prog rock, like Yes and Rush and Jethro Tull and and things like that. And all the kids at school don't like him because of that. And he said, do you have any kids that are center that like that kind of music? I said, I think we have about 28. He goes, 28? He was just shocked by that. And I said, what are you guys doing tomorrow? It was a Thursday. Um, I said, come over about four. And an hour later, I called about six kids that I knew that liked that kind of music. And I said, would you come over and jam with this new kid and meet Steven? And there's no obligation to do anything else, but would you just be willing to jam? And we like things to be very organic at the center. And we had about five kids show up. And now two years later, he's in a couple of bands. He signed up for our music competition. He's getting better grades. He's happier. He found his tribe, his community, if you will. And every day, almost every day, he's at our teen center just jamming away. And we have dozens of other stories like that. That is tremendous. That uh, lifts my heart. I can only imagine working there, what it does for you. It's been incredible. Our staff is really humble to do it. I mean, not every story is easy, but that is life, right? But we are here to help those kids uh, who struggle or don't struggle. I mean, if they're doing really, really well in life, we want to help. We're for all teens. So our teen center, it doesn't matter. It's free for ages 12 to 20. So it doesn't matter to us if it's their atheist, Jewish, homeless, Muslim from an affluent home, if they're from if they're homeless, as long as they're a teen, 12 to 20, we're there to lift them up and inspire them. And every teen goes through struggles, whether you're from an affluent home or you're from a low-income home, you have the same potential challenges. You have insecurities, you have potential bullying, you have peer pressure with drugs, you have all these various obstacles. You have social media, which is just crazy for kids it creates a lot of anxiety and depression for them um but we're able to hopefully give them a space that they can be lifted up there's a lot of lgbtq kids that come to our center that tell us you're the only location that doesn't judge us you're the only location that we can come um, and just be ourselves and we can just feel like we can just create here and not really feel like we're in an unsafe atmosphere so 
we're just again for all teens and we just want to be able to elevate them as much as we can in their lives do you find that there's like an average age that the kids get started at the center we have probably mostly i would say 14 to 17 year olds but we don't really follow that data. We just look at loving every team that walks into our building. We can probably process all of that and look at our, you know, registrations and all that. But we just focus on loving kids when they walk in the building. So we don't really care, you know, if we have 100% 13-year-olds or 100% African-Americans or 100%, you know, teens that are homeless. As long as they're 12 to 20, we just show them love and kindness. But we also... Uh, create a lot of opportunities for the teens. We get kids to perform in the community. We've had bands open up for Chevelle, uh, POD, Jackson Brown, Social Distortion. We've had dancers go on to get jobs at the Phoenix Suns games. We've had kids create art murals for the NHL team, the Arizona Coyotes, and the baseball team, the Oakland A's for spring training. We've gotten a chance to work with Dutch Bros, the renowned coffee brand and have kids create art for them. We've had kids create art for Taco Bell. So we are a very proactive at giving kids an opportunity to be in the community as well and use their talents, you know, for good. A lot of them get a chance to sing the national anthem, a lot of the baseball games for spring training out here, which is pretty fun to see the kids advance and do that. That is amazing. Now you talk about like 28,000 square feet. Like, is that enough space? It is enough space in a sense that when we have, let's say, an art class and there's a special muralist coming in, and if we have room for about 12 kids in that specific art class, if we have 30 signups, we'll just roll that over to the next hour. So if we have one class from 5 to 6, we'll just do another one from 6 to 7.30 if we have um, an excessive amount of requests. We also have two teen center locations one in Phoenix and one in Mesa. We serve about 120 kids a day and we're going about 20 miles west. Um, in 2024, we just signed a lease for a new building in a city called Goodyear. So we are expanding because we do realize a lot of kids can't travel very far and we want to be able to grow every three years or so and open a new teen center. Is this the kind of case where you see like it eventually expanding outside of Arizona? Uh, maybe we've actually gotten calls um, from around the world from teen centers and people that want to open up teen centers all over the U.S. We've gotten calls from Scotland and Australia and London. We had a teen center actually visit us a couple months ago that's inside a high school in Sweden. And they wanted to come out and see how we run our center. And they were in town and we've had teen centers from other locations. But in order for us to maybe make it a really quality experience, and for our staff to interact um, with other staff, we want to keep it pretty much within Arizona, the Phoenix metro area. We're also a small nonprofit with a big name. So we want to be able to make it a quality experience for our staff and the kids. But we're going to be open down the road, maybe to open lo other locations outside of Arizona as time permits. But for the next five to 10 years, more likely all of our locations will be in the Phoenix area. So what do you like? Do, uh, do, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Brett. Oh, I was just going to ask what, like, how Allison and Cheryl feel about, like, the expansion and the growth. And, like, you know, it, it seems like it, it, it's so good uh, for what they started. 
our whole staff is so excited and Alice and Cheryl have this vision and they're so involved in the centers where they're in town, they're working with the kids and they're in the recording studio. Alice is giving song running classes. They play ping pong with the kids. They're on stage with the kids during jam sessions, during our music competition and having surprise visits. Cheryl is dancing, you know, with the kids in dance classes. So for Alice and Cheryl to see this vision that they had grow and expand, it's really exciting, but it doesn't happen overnight. 27 years later, we're now opening our third teen center and it's, it's exciting. And it's also humbling that a lot of other people want to contribute. We have a lot of guest workshops that come out and we've had people like Rob Halford from Judas Priest do free concerts for the kids and John Five uh, do free guitar workshops. We've had Brian Head Welch from Corn do a guitar workshop and an anti-suicide message talking to kids about overcoming anxiety and depression. We've had Sister Sledge come out and do performance workshops and show the kids how to be better on stage. So we have a lot of people um, throughout the year that give back and work with the kids one-on-one and come right alongside Alice and Cheryl's vision to elevate kids. I think it's, it seems like it's very important to have musicians show up and do something like that, and, uh, you know, talk about uh, anxiety and the, their own issues to humanize it for these. If even this successful musician has these issues and is overcoming them, then I can too. A lot of people know Brian. Message. A lot of yeah, that's right. A lot of people know Brian Head Walsh's story of overcoming a lot of those issues with substance abuse and everything. And we had twelve hundred kids last year show up to see Brian, and we advertised it as a suicide prevention message. But we had seven kids perform with him several songs on stage. They did a corn song. They did Ozzy's uh, Crazy Train. They did uh, We Care a Lot by Faith No More. So you got to jam with a lot of the kids. Then the kids got to answer, uh, do a Q&A with someone like Brian. But yeah, a lot of people want to talk about, you know, their struggles and be open with that. And then also a lot of musicians want to talk about how difficult the music business is and what a work ethic you need to have. And you have someone like a Glenn Sobel that'll come out and do a drum workshop and talk about how hard you have to work to become a successful musician. So our musicians could apply that same advice, hopefully to their career. Um, is really amazing for the kids to be able to learn one-on-one. To walk up to someone like Rob Halford and might be at the center once in a while and ask him advice for performing on stage, advice for writing lyrics, advice for interacting with your bandmates. I mean, that's like free college for a lot of kids to be able to get that knowledge from somebody like Rob Halford. Yeah, that's amazing. It, it's uh, something that I think uh, somebody who has his own mental health issues, myself, uh, I've noticed that it's something that over these last 27 years, for instance, uh, people are more open to discussing and more open to there is more understanding. We're still evolving and it's still getting better with it, but it's something that has changed. Uh, have you noticed a, a, a change in how open people are willing to discuss their issues and, and help others? There is a shift, especially since COVID. COVID created a lot of isolation. And when teens come into our teen centers, they crave that interaction. A lot of them don't have friendships at school because maybe they are bullied or maybe they don't really understand their classmates and vice versa. Or a lot of them are homeschooled. Um, so they're sitting at home for eight hours 
um, and they're studying online or they're homeschooled and their school doesn't have uh, art, music or dance. So they're able to come into our teen centers. And yeah, a lot of them are able to open up and say, wow, I've been really struggling with this and struggling with that. And if we can guide them to better decisions, we have one young girl that tried to commit suicide a few years ago. And she was so inspired by her recovery. She was also dealing with substance abuse. And she told us, I was able to get sober. I was able to overcome my suicidal thoughts. And I was so inspired by this experience. I want to become a child psychologist. And now, eight, 10 years later, she studied at Arizona State University. And she's now a licensed psychologist. And she's actually helping kids. And we've had three kids go on to become medical professional doctors as a result of coming to our teen centers and getting guidance and mentorship. And to see that kind of transformation in a kid that's now helping hundreds of other kids a year outside of our teen centers is so humbling and inspiring. Yes, really tremendous. Do many, uh, many teenagers, once they leave, once they're past 20, do they continue to uh, contribute or, or keep in touch? We have a lot of kids that are ever maybe the age of 16, 17, as they grow in art and they blossom a guitar, et cetera, they offer to volunteer and they give lessons and they go into schools and they give lessons at our center. And the other um, answer to your question is, well, two parts to your question. We give teens jobs. So we've hired about nine teens the last three years that are ages 16 to 21 that now run our art studio or run our recording studio, or they're giving dance lessons. And that's always exciting um, to be able to give a lot of their kids their first paycheck in life. We love doing that. And the other answer to your question is, yes, when they're 20, 21, 22, 23, maybe they're living out of state now or they're going to school full time. They'll come by and they'll give back and help out with other kids or they'll just stop by and talk to our staff and tell us how much the center has helped them over the years. How many people are on your team? We have about 20 people total um, that work part-time and full-time for both teen centers. And in the, in the next six months, we'll be hiring about seven or eight more people for the new location in Goodyear. And then uh, and then, how long have you been with Solid Rock and, and what brought you to it? I've been at Solid Rock for about 12 years. I've worked in the music business for over 35 years as a manager and an A&R rep that's um, worked with people like Jason Newstead of Metallica and Brian Setzer of the Stray Cats and Phil Sneed of Story of the Year and Arnold Laney from Sheriff, who's produced Finger Eleven and Simple Plan and a lot of people from your great country. Um, I personally got involved because I got invited to be a judge at a music competition that we do. And I was looking to give back and do something more in philanthropy in my career. And I started volunteering at the teen center for about two years and that morphed into a part-time job. And then maybe a couple of years later, morphed into a full-time position. So I'm really thrilled to be able to give a lot of knowledge to kids every day through my music business background and be able to help guide them to a lot of the opportunities and give them some insight in the industry that they want to go into. And maybe like walk us through your position as well and how, and how you kind of what you do within the within Alice Cooper Solid Rock right now. Well, we're all a small nonprofit with a big name, like I said before. So we all wear multiple hats. But, you know, my role might be in, involved a lot in, in partly programming 
where I'll bring in, let's say, a Rob Halford to do a free concert or a Brian Head Welch to do a guest workshop or to create an XYZ class, maybe someone like a Bob Ezrin to come in if he happens to be in town to do a guest recording studio session. I also write a lot of grants as a nonprofit. We can generate um, grant opportunities, and I've gotten grants with people like Taco Bell and Waterburger who want to support our organization. And those grants might be for mental health improvement with kids, or it might be to purchase music equipment. Um, some people will fund uh, different things. And then I'll also be uh, very involved in raising money, whether that's meeting with individual donors or meeting with you know corporations or meeting with lawmakers and government people that want to support us. We recently were able to secure a bill that passed last year that I helped create um, in Arizona Congress. And we created an Arizona license plate for Alice Cooper's Solid Rock Teen Centers. And when the customer uh, spends $25 on that license plate that goes on their car, 17 of that goes to the teen centers. So we're really privileged to have that. That got released about 60 days ago in the state of Arizona. So yesterday I saw two of them driving around in the valley. So it's pretty cool uh, to see the state wanting to support us and people want to be able to give back and help out. So I get to do a lot of interesting uh, different things like that, that ultimately fulfill our mission. And ultimately, how can we continue to impact kids in a positive way? I tell you, I want to get one of those license plates. Uh, yeah. <laughs> totally. You got you to gotta live in Arizona for now. We're trying to figure out a way to maybe sell them in stores outside of Arizona. But they've been a big hit, you know, and they have um, plates in Arizona for the Arizona Cardinals and the Phoenix Children's Hospital. And, and they do a lot of good for veterans and for a lot of other causes. But there has not been one for youth for music, art um, and dance lessons. So we were able to create that bill around that and a few lawmakers were able to help us uh, support that. So we're quite excited to be able to work with the state of Arizona. We also did a lot Arizona lottery ticket a couple of years ago. Um, that was pretty cool in the state of Arizona. And we had three images of Alice Cooper and consumers got to buy that and we're able to get a, a cut of that from the Arizona lottery. So that was pretty fun to be able to put something like that out in stores. So then when it comes to the Christmas pudding night, like how how do you get the guests and like how do you kind of choose? Do you do you have a lot of people to choose from? We do and we don't. And the reason I say that is the musicians that typically perform, they're off the chart pretty busy, like Alice is. They're on the road about 200 days a year and they often have concerts. For example, we've been trying to get Paul Rogers from Bad Company, who's been so kind and amazing to our teen centers and supportive of what we do. He's signed guitars and given us shirts for free and called kids and all sorts of different things, but his schedule's never really quite lined up. We usually just have a wish list uh, every year and we put together our top six or seven uh, people. And then we just call the artists directly or call their managers or call their agents or Alice will be involved in calling. Um, and then we'll just reach out and then see who's available and, Sometimes we get answers right away, sometimes not. You know, we've had Alex Lifeson uh, from Rush at our golf tournament in the past, and he's always a great pleasure to work with. We love working with Alex. And earlier this year, I asked um, Alex and Giddy Lee to be at Christmas Pudding, and his manager office um, told us that they were going to be busy. And then a couple months later, 
Uh, they just recently announced that Getty's new book tour is coming out. And the same week, his book tour is being booked in London for his new book that's coming out. So you can't obviously argue with that. If they're booked somewhere else, they're just not available. But hopefully they'll want to be a part of it uh, another year. But every year we always get a really, we're very blessed with a really great lineup. But there's not an exact science to go about doing it. You know, we were hoping to get Joe Perry and Steven Tyler this year. And now, unfortunately, Steven's very sick. And he's trying to get better and rest his voice. And Aerosmith was going to be in Phoenix the night after mm-hmm. our Christmas morning concert. And we thought, oh, we would just go ahead and maybe just snatch him for a surprise appearance. But now, unfortunately, that concert date on the Aerosmith side got canceled. So they're not going to be in Arizona. So, but we'll go ahead and have, you know, someone else's a surprise performance, I'm sure. But we we're fortunate this year. We had a great lineup again with Sammy Hagar and Nancy Wilson, Alice and Quiet Riot, and it sold out in a day. So every year we're always very fortunate that uh, people are willing to support what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing that it's sold out in a day. Like, is that is that kind of typical now for the show? Um, every couple of years it is to some degree. Um, it's random. Whenever we have Johnny Depp, because Johnny Depp's in a band with Alice called the Hollywood Vampires, as many know. Uh, Johnny's always a really great, very popular draw. You know, the Jim Blossoms perform at our concert uh, every couple of years, and they're a very big Arizona band known worldwide. They're always a really great draw. We're always hoping to get ZZ Top or Billy Gibbons, and that would be amazing if we can get him in the future. He's come out in the past. Whenever Rob Halford is at our concert, that's always a very big treat for people, and people love seeing him perform. So, yeah, we're fortunate. Almost every year it sells out. Sells out. How big is the venue that... Uh... That is being out there. We are at a venue called Celebrity Theater, which rotates in the round. So the whole audience gets to see the drummer sometimes, the bass player mm-hmm. sometimes, and it holds about 2,600 people. So it's a very intimate concert, and there's not a lot of venues that you're going to see Alice Cooper or Rob Halford, or maybe, for example, a couple of years ago, we had all four members of KISS on stage. So there's not a lot of venues. You're going to see KISS in a, in a venue of 2,600 people. Not a lot, uh, in addition to maybe Corn and Rob Zombie and Alice in Chains in, in one evening. Uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds incredible. That's for sure. Um, you know, How did COVID impact both the show and then the teen centers? Uh, COVID impact us a lot as a nonprofit. We lost fundraising wise over a million dollars in one year. So it impacted us a lot. More importantly, it impacted our interaction with teens. We closed in the beginning of COVID for about six weeks. So that was a bit strange for us because we're used to interacting with teens one-on-one and we had to instantly pivot into an online teen center. So we started engaging with teens in different ways. And our golf tournament fundraiser got canceled that year in 2020 in April. And we had our Christmas pudding concert scheduled in December. And a day before one of our crew members got sick with COVID. And we have literally were flying in Larry the Cable Guy and other musicians and performers. And we had to cancel the, the day before. So it impacts us a lot. More importantly, it impacts the kids that don't get a chance to come to the center because maybe their parents don't want them to interact with others right now and they want to keep them as healthy and safe. We also have some kids with cancer 
and kids with other diseases and other challenges that their parents rightfully so are extra cautious with their health and they have more difficult immune systems. So it does impact a lot of kids a lot of different ways. Oh, so, you know, and I also want to ask about the golf tournament because, I mean, we know Alice loves golf and 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 so that that's happening on the Sunday after, right? Well, this year <clears throat> we have an event called Christmas Putting, which is the day after Christmas Pudding. And that's our second year that we do a golf tournament. We have people like Jesse Valenzuela from the Jim Blossoms, a part of that. We have Kevin Ginkle, who's a relief pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who's very involved in our organization. Um, but our big uh, golf tournament is in April, and we do two days. We have about 170 golfers. And the night before, we do a fundraising concert, sort of like Christmas pudding on a golf course uh, for about 2,600 people. And it's a big fundraiser for us. We might have Robbie Krieger for The Doors, Patrick Warburton from Seinfeld, Scott Stapp, Collective Soul. Uh, we've had a lot of different people over the years. Lou Graham's come out for that event. Yeah, it's 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 really amazing. And, and I mean, you guys have so many other. I mean, there is is Coopstock then then part of the Teen Center as well? Yeah. So Coopstock is the night before our main golf uh, oh, okay. that we've done for over twenty years, and our festival is called Coopstock that raises a lot of money for the center, and that's in April, and that's a concert that anybody in the general public can go to. Earlier this year, we had Scott's, we had Collective Soul singer Ed Roland, and we had, um, I don't remember 100% of everybody. We had Pablo Cruz there, uh, but over the years, we've had Robbie Krieger. We've had Rob Halford at that. We've had a lot of guys that golf, you know, like No Doubt's drummer, um, Adrian Young, is a really well-known golfer, so he'll come out and jam on some songs. And so is uh, Danny Serafin, the drummer of Chicago, Tommy Thayer of Kiss. There's a lot of rockers and well-known musicians and actors and athletes that love to play golf. So we gather them all together in one night. It's fun that, uh, that you can find all these people that have these, these uh, similar interests as well, <laughs> because I guess at a certain point, you've got to take up another hobby besides music. <laughs> well, when music is your career, then golf can be a hobby easily. Relaxing for a lot of the guys to be able to do something different. And especially if they can come together and raise money, you know, and it's, it's fun to see, you know, like an encore with Larry the Cable Guy on stage and Patrick Warburton from Seinfeld and Alice and Tommy Thayer, and they're all jamming on a Who song, and they're all jamming on Roadhouse Blues, and everybody comes together for the encore to raise money for kids, but it's a pretty unique atmosphere. Now, do you find that it is important for the musicians to to give back in that regard as well? It's impacted their life in so many ways. We get calls from people like Ed Roland that you know, that it makes a massive difference for them to contribute their time and it helps their soul and their mind to be able to give back and know that they're meeting kids and they're working with kids directly that make an impact. Robin Sander from Cheap Trick, for example, comes out quite a bit to our teen centers. And whenever he comes out, he's like, I want to meet the teens. And he's like starting to interact with them right away and signing autographs and asking them about their music and asking them about their art few months later, if Cheap Trick is in town, he'll call us and say, I want to get 12 kids in and I'll take them backstage and meet them and we'll treat them to the show and give them guitar picks. And, you know, Joan Jett does that sort of thing for us as well. And it's pretty inspiring to see, you know, musicians like that really want to give back. And a lot of our teens get a chance to jam on stage with a lot of their 
heroes. You know, we've had teens on stage with, you know, with Rob Halford. We've had teens on stage with Jeff Tate. We've had teens on stage with, you know, with Sister Sledge on stage and at our golf tournament or our Christmas pudding concert. And they can learn so much from those, you know, well-known musicians. And it's inspiring, you know, see someone like a Gretchen Wilson walk up to some of our kids and give them advice backstage because they were encouraged to see their music. You keep on throwing out new names. I keep on thinking well, that's got to be the last music, famous <laughs> musician that's helped. And then there's another new one. And then there's another one you throw out. I guess this is the, the, the weight that uh, Alice is, carries the respect he has as a lot of a lot of this isn't it getting these people in we are so blessed and alice as many people know is so good at helping and giving back around the world and he's got such a stellar amazing reputation is known as such a great guy and off stage he's so different than the alice cooper villain character and he's such a kind giving person and he really is so genuine and people want to support him you know all the time we get emails and calls from you know like whoever lady gaga or cindy lopper that want to support our organization and sometimes they might not be available but they support us in other in other ways but we've been really very very fortunate and blessed to get a lot of people over the last 25 years to come out to our fundraiser events so then what for you is like you know, personally, your your moment where it's just like, like you kind of feel like this is this is one of the best things. Well, you know, to see a kid not commit suicide, come out to our teen centers. We had a young girl once that told us she was going to commit suicide the day she went to our team center, and she met a counselor at school, and a counselor at school heard that she wanted to play guitar, and it's, the counselor at school said. If you don't know about Alice's teen center, and she didn't, I'll take you to the teen center that day. And we knew none of those dynamics. She came to the teen center that day. And at the end of the day, she decided not to commit suicide. And she said, I really feel like these people would miss me if I didn't show up tomorrow. And when we heard six months later that she didn't end her life as a result of getting to know our staff and being a part of our programs, we Alice stood up during our board meeting and said, if we did this teen center for 12 years, just for one life-saving experience, I'll do it again for one another kid for another 12 years. It's worth it. So to see kids come in and maybe feel like they're angry or confused or not talk at all, and then maybe six months later to see how happy and vibrant and excited they are about creating art or being in a band for the first time or receiving a potential scholarship for to go to college and to see the transformation of those kids it's it's beyond rewarding and we love being able to do this it's very humbling and and you talk a lot about the musicians but like how is it that regular people can kind of get involved in the teen center and support it well we have many people that support us volunteers are the lifeblood of what we do we have about 200 volunteers that give guitar lessons they play ping pong with kids they're involved in the art studio. They help kids check in at the teen centers. Some of them make meals and they bring kids meals. Some of them literally just hang out and they talk to kids. And we have one, you know, phenomenal volunteer who's just become kind of a, a silent mom to a lot of the, you know, boys and girls that come out to our center. So it's, a, it's amazing to, you know, see that. And people can be involved just by, you know, 
calling our office or making a donation, or if they know somebody in Phoenix, um, just call our office or send us an email. There's a lot of different ways. Or if people want to send me an email and ask questions about what we do, um, you're welcome to put my email on the, on the screen and people can reach out to me. And we're, we're, there's lots of different ways that people can be involved. That's amazing. And I know that, uh, you know, I mean, we talk podcasts, certainly more than happy to be more involved as well. I mean, you had mentioned earlier on our phone conversation about getting Centrix on. So we certainly want to uh, want to do that. Yeah, we have a great young man called the Centrix and they've been recording with Lita Ford. Uh, Lita has been embracing them and she's been producing their songs. Uh, they're actually finishing vocals tomorrow and and doing mixing. So a young man like them who is very inspired. Uh, by 80s metal and they've opened for slaughter they've opened for queens right they opened for striper um they're very inspired by someone like lita and for a young band to be able to work with directly with lita is really incredible for young musicians so yeah i mean and, and assist yeah go ahead brad well i was just gonna say anytime you have something like that i mean we would be more than happy to uh to help out with interviews or whatever we can that's great thank you we appreciate that if there is a teen who is listening to this who perhaps doesn't have a center to go to like this, what advice would you give to them? What what would you say to them? You know, I would say even if you have a sketchbook at home, create art and just create. Whether you have a chance just to bang on a desk, you know, and play drums if you don't have a drum kit, Creative expression is therapeutic. Creative expression feels really good. And we have a lot of kids, they come in and they're just able to scream in a microphone or just play a guitar riff really loud if they're having a, a difficult day. But if you don't have a teen center, you know, you can just go get a notepad and just go create and, and doodle. There's also organizations, you know, so, uh, called Death to Life as an example. And if you're struggling with anxiety or depression, we partner with them and they have 24 seven non-judgmental counselors that you can talk to. And if you are thinking about something as difficult as ending your life, or if you're really dealing with frustration and anxiety and depression, and you want someone to talk to, they're one of our partners. So I would encourage you to, you know, to do that. And the other thing is I would talk to your school, your, your teachers, or your counselors, because a lot of times there's a lot of clubs that are after school and that could be a comic club, comic book club. It could be a, a video game club. It could be a guitar jam club and you can find opportunities. Even your local library sometimes, you know, have things. You might have to seek them out depending on what kind of city you live in. Sometimes people live in small cities and there's limited resources, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of options. And the other option is you want to jam with some kids call our office and we'll even put you on zoom and have a couple of teams just jam with you. We're happy to do, we're happy to do that. So we're happy to um, be available if people are struggling in some way. That is amazing. Well, Randy, we've, we've enjoyed this so much. And, and I know that I look forward to meeting you in December and seeing the show, but, uh, but please tell everybody how they can keep up with uh, solid rock, how they can keep up with you and everything. Yes, yeah, so they can go to alicecoopersolidrock.com. They can email me from there, call our office if you have any questions, and also follow us on Instagram at Alice Cooper Solid Rock. And you can follow us on Facebook at AC Solid Rock. 
and just send us a message and say hello. We'd love to stay in touch. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for for being on the show. We look forward to uh, to supporting you any way we can, and uh, and we certainly wish uh, wish everybody involved nothing but the best in the future. Thank you for having me. I hope that we can catch a hockey game or something sometime, eh? Well, this was a fun conversation. I look forward to meeting you guys in the future. And thanks again for having me. Okay. Awesome. Wonderful. Great. See you all very soon. Thank you. All right. Bye for now, Randy. Bye.